0: Hello and welcome to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. This is the podcast where I sit down with an extraordinary person and share their story. They may have faced some kind of adversity, they might still be on their journey, but with stories that will make you laugh, cry, and hopefully feel a little bit inspired. So today with me, I have a woman who's opening up conversations about many different shapes that human bodies and minds can take, whilst educating her audience on their questions around disability. Fatima Timbo is a 24-year-old comedian, content creator, model and dancer who has a type of dwarfism that restricts her growth. She's been part of the BBC3 series Laugh Lessons, where some of the best new comedians on the scene tell their story through sketches about their modern life. And more recently, Tip Park and Channel 4's Black to Front project, which is part of the channel's commitment to improve black representation. Fatima has a first class honours degree and though she's not always been confident in her body she is here to tell her fans that people have the power to change how they feel inside themselves and we are listening. It's so
1: great to have you virtually here with me today Fatima. Hi I I think that's the best intro someone's ever done. Oh it is? Like it's so accurate and I'm Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm not just a comedian. You said I'm a dancer, content creator, because I'm all of those. I'm a jack of all trades. Well, it has
0: become, like... It's really become normalised now, like for our generation. I think someone told me it's called the slashers, where you've got all these different professions, forward slash this, forward slash that. Whereas if like, say back in like the 80s or 90s, you had one job, it better have a pension (laughs) and it better be recognised in the careers meeting at school. But now we understand that people have many different talents and can do many different things.
1: Yeah, um, for me, I've I've always dabbled into different skills that I've like, acquired so when I was younger I would always dance at parties and my parents were like we need to put you into a dance school so I learned to do ballet tap drama singing even though I'm not really that good at singing but you know we can always try Um, and then you know content creation I've always kind of done that because I've I've loved doing modelling and learning how to do Photoshop, learning how to edit, learning how to do different ideas and put things together. So it's it's all a part of me and my personality, just doing a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I also think as a woman as well, it's really great that we can sort of normalise women having different parts of their life and evolving and changing and moving on and that you can be... All those different
1: things and, and be good at them, you know. Definitely, I agree because I feel like as a woman we're limited and not not limited as in ourselves. People limit us as you know. Mm-hmm. For example, they think oh, because because um, women are supposed to be housewives and this and that. Like, no, I don't want to cook. I want to. Yeah. I want to go yeah. out and work and have fun. And you know, I feel like yeah. my job is my happy space. You know. So mm-hmm. yeah. it just, there's lots of pressures for women to be a certain way and and I'm not trying to fall into that pressure at all. I'm trying to be me. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally identify with that too.
0: Um, so the part of your job where I found you was comedy. Um, I saw you on Gogglebox, um, which... Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of people um saw you on Google Box too. And I thought you were really funny. I, I looked you up, I researched you more. Um and I realized that you did have more to you than just this comedy. And I suppose actually, you know, unlike some comedians, you did also put a serious side out there, you know. Some comedians don't put their serious side out into the world. Um, and I think then, although it was the comedy I was originally drawn to, your public message also for me was very very powerful that you were putting out into the world and you did a lot of this via social media when did you first start posting on social media and and in this way as well so i
1: started posting on social media about five years ago i think Mm -hmm. properly so um Before it was just like, you know, secondary school, college, taking pictures with my friends. But I took it seriously about five years ago because I started modelling. When I started modelling and posting my modelling pictures and everyone loved them and loved the message that I was giving out to people. Because this was before I did my comedy. I only started comedy um, probably nearly two years ago. So it's only recent. But um, I felt like it was really important to spread body positivity. And um, when I started modelling, I was exploring that because I wasn't confident in myself. I found confidence in modelling, showing my body to everyone and showing that, OK, I might be small, I might not have the typical um, body shape, but here I am. And like I didn't think five years later I would make a whole career out of it, but You know, I think it's an amazing thing that I I have. And um, social media has definitely changed my life for the better. Yeah, it's
0: amazing because it's funny, like when we are sort of on the outside looking in and you look at different people's content and... And when they're sort of really passionate and they're promoting things like body positivity, you, you sort of think, wow, they're they're so comfortable in their own skin that they're, they're okay with showing vulnerability. Like it, it, takes a lot to to do that. You know, it, every single time you do it, you're putting yourself out there. And you talked about confidence there and not always being in in the place you are now how did you get to where you are and, you know, what was that kind of journey from, from not loving yourself, not feeling confident to sort of saying, I'm, I'm okay to share everything with, with everybody and, and, and any repercussions that may come, I'm
1: robust and I can deal with it. I think as a teenager, because my um, self-esteem was so low, it was like, there's, it's, it's so low, it has to come, cl- it has to go up somehow, you know, um, and I felt as though, okay, people were looking at me funny. Every time I go on the street, people get people give me comments and things like that. Like, the thing is, that it happens still today. But because I have this invisible shield, it doesn't affect me today. But before, because I was a teenager and I was growing up, hormones. This is, a normal teenager has, goes through things. But when you have dwarfism and you're growing up is I feel like it's harder than the average person because you're trying to understand your disability and you're trying to understand being a human in this world you know it was a lot and I felt like I didn't want to show anything like swimming I When I would go swimming, I'd feel so uncomfortable because people would look at me and think, oh, she's got funny arms. Oh, she's got a funny-looking face. Or, you know, like, my confidence was so low. And the turning point for me was when I saw um, the ad for um, little people to do modelling. And I thought to myself, do you know what? Let Let me actually give it a go because I can only get something back from it as in something positive back so when I did it I felt so uncomfortable at first because it was like zero to a hundred from from not showing myself to showing my whole body basically <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, yeah this was like bikini wear and I was like uh, oh, like really uncomfortable but all the girls there was really like confident and they were like radiant and giving me this confidence and I felt like well if they're showing themselves and these were all different kinds of women transgender women dark-skinned women short women tall women I was just thinking I'm gonna show I'm gonna represent and be that that little woman that's confident as well so um from then that was a turning point and then I posted it on the Instagram and you know I think it was a great reception that I got from that and I was like could get used to this you know you know if I push myself and show that I can be confident and literally leave the past behind me and be this new Fatima Mm. I can really change my life and change people's perceptions on um little people so that was my like epiphany and then I got asked to go on the undateables and at first at first I declined it I was like me undateable I was like, no, I don't want to be classed as undateable. And then I thought about it and I thought, okay, well, to be honest with you, I'll be showing more of a positive message if I go on that Mm -hmm. show than a negative message. So I was was basically just challenging myself all the
0: time. Yeah, because even when you talk about that first moment of that modelling, you still had to have something in you that was self-motivation, self-belief, to even consider, you know reading an advert and acting on it you know you you had to push yourself out of your comfort zone there was no guarantees for you that that was going to go well yeah you know that could have that could have been a disaster it could have been a painful experience so you still had that that in you to be able to put yourself out there I guess which is the first step really Mm -hmm. to sort of a a journey of of change and, and and welcoming something different when I was researching you I was trying to like look back on your past and I and I was thinking oh uh, you know, I imagine that school would have been a difficult time for you. But then in, in, in a sort of contradiction, you're you're very educated, you have a degree. And I'm like, well, usually people that go on to higher education, it might be because, you know, school was a place where they could learn and they weren't disrupted. What was those? I mean, you said you, t- you touched on your teen years then. What was school like for you?
1: The thing is, I did have friends at school, so I didn't have any problems in that aspect. But I felt like the boys in school, like the, the mean boys, the mean girls, would always pick on me. The, there were certain times, like, for example, this boy uh, drew how he saw me. So he must have drew, like, a pig-like face. And, you know, he was like, oh, this is you. And then mm-hmm. there was um, a certain time when I was, like, in year eight, these group of boys at school, they um, picked me up put me into like an industrial bin and locked me in there. And luckily my friend like one one friend was there and she was like literally like fighting the boys and tried to and it helped me out basically. And that was really traumatic for me because I was just thinking, wow, you really think I'm trash <laughs> put me in yeah. a bin and it was I was literally crying. They they were really terrorising me, the boys in school. And, you know, looking back on it now, it's terrible what they did, but it's made me a a really strong person. I can get through pretty much anything, like online especially. If somebody says anything to me, I'm just like, listen, I've been through worse (laughs) with my life going. But at the same time, it doesn't give people an excuse to bully people that are different. And, you know, I think educating the younger the younger generation on how to treat others is so important because it's going to affect whoever's, like, being bullied, you know. For me, it had a positive impact in the long run, but for a lot of people it has a negative one and they, they still can't heal from that. And I think actually that is what you do with your platform. You know,
0: you don't just talk about your specific condition. You talk about disability in, in general as well. Um, how, because it's an interesting question, isn't it? So like social media, it's, it's got its positive, it's got its negatives. And I think for the world of disability, it showcases some people's everyday existence that some people have never come across or just don't understand. And it, it actually probably only gives you a very small insight to somebody's, everyday lived experience how do you educate people about your life and and sort of the wider community on on instagram and on those platforms
1: for me i feel like it's so important to do like short and condensed but really impactful content so the latest one that i did i did it with one of my friends on how um different people react to me so for example um like some people can literally film me and say, oh my God, there's a, and I'm um, gonna say midget, but it's an offensive word that a uh, little people don't like at all. Um, so people could say, oh, there's a, there's a little midget or whatever, and film me. Or some people can just literally just stare at me and not say anything. And
0: it's funny because when you first start to watch this content, at first you think, "Oh, what's this? This looks cool." And then, you, and then there's this moment where you're like, "Oh my god, people film you without your consent. You catch people filming you to send to each other. People stop in their tracks and, and stare at you. It's a very powerful
1: piece of content." Thank you. Yeah, I I thought that was really important to show how people react to me so that people can see themselves you know Mm -hmm. like see if they was to react that way to me they know it's wrong straight away so it's great to identify to people what's good and what's bad and what and how to um, approach people so I thought let me put at the end how you should approach a little person just say hi maybe that's it (laughs) or don't say anything at all a lot of people don't even know how to act around me and act weird The Anthrax Threat. Available now.
0: Do you know what? It's a strange question, and some people ask me this, right? And I think it, it's such an evolving thing because there's no fixed answer to this because it depends on, on the context. But people always ask, well, when, when should you um, ask somebody about a condition and um, um, when should you not? And what, what is weird? What's normal? How should you act? Um, how can I not stare? What if I have children who stare? What should I do? Do you, do
1: you have any answers on educating people around that? It's the way you approach someone that's the most important uh-huh. thing, because I feel like you need to think, how would I want to be approached? But nobody asked themselves that question when they're interrogating you about your condition, you know? So um, how I would want someone to ask me about my condition is, you know, you can be upfront about it, but you can't just make it the first thing that you talk about because that's the first uh-huh. thing you notice. no.
0: Yeah, because it's almost like, why why are you there to appease somebody's curiosity? Like it's almost a bit voyeuristic and indulging them in, it's not really coming from a place of education or it's not really relevant. And I was also looking at some of your other content, right? And I thought, this is really clever. And I thought, I wonder if this is just her style, the way it happens, or is it like she's strategic and does it this way? Mm -hmm. There's a video of you doing makeup, right? And whilst you're doing your makeup, you're chatting away. And you are actually educating people by default as they're watching you do your makeup. And I, I quite like makeup videos. Um, I don't know why, but I find them quite relaxing, you know, like watching girls do like their eyes and stuff like that. And I was thinking, I wonder how you do that. And I was watching your makeup. Then you're chatting and chatting. And I'm like, people are getting educated here, but they haven't necessarily seeked it out and they don't realise. And I wondered if that's just another way you do it or, or is that just, it just happens.
1: Um, I felt like that was like a new way or new way I should teach Um, Someone about uh, disability because it's almost distracting them uh, whilst educating them. So um, to be honest with you, I'm going to do that more. That was my first time. And, you know, I got got a great reception after that. So, um, yeah, I just thought, you know what? I'm doing more makeup videos. I'm doing more beauty videos and I'm an advocate. So why don't I put the two together? I get so many questions in the DMs and it's so hard to actually like track and answer all of them at once. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I thought that was the best way and I'm going to continue doing that. Why do you
0: think, I mean, obviously there has been this increase in like variations of influencers, content creators online but i don't i don't know if you agree with me but i don't think that volume has carried into telly and other forms of media yes representation has slightly increased but it not not as much as how you can seek it out on instagram and you know one one in 5 people in the uk have a disability do you think it's represented in the media enough and and if you don't why why do you think it
1: isn't i personally don't think it is um it's getting better though i must say Um, for example I saw an Amazon ad um, an Alexa ad actually with um, a black disabled man and I thought oh okay we're moving forward here but in mainstream media um, as a whole it's not progressing the way it is on social media. With TV, there's so many regulations. There's so many like, okay, once people have created a show or whatever, they have to pick who they want to be on there. And there's just a lot of um, people behind it. But on social media, you know, you can be a one-man team and have millions of views like for example me mm-hmm. you know and they're not putting much thought behind people with disabilities being included in there so that's what needs to change I'm, I'm happy that um the movement of Black Lives Matter is actually changing the way TV is but I think disability needs to be included as well. Yeah because some people see diversity as one thing
0: and then particularly in production they'll be like Oh no, we're diverse because we have that one person or we have those two people. And then they feel like that's, that's, that's some kind of minority. So then the rest of the cast is fine. Um, it's interesting because, I mean, you're, you're a lot younger than me. You're, you're 24, I'm 38, but still it is a different world now than when we were both younger. And I just wondered, um, for the younger Fatima, like I wondered what you wish people knew about disability or more specifically dwarfism back then what do you wish the world could have known or or even still now you know what what do you wish that they knew that
1: that they don't um a lot of people say to me oh you're not disabled oh you can walk and talk and I'm thinking to myself well when I'm in the bathroom and I can't reach the sink or I can't even see in the mirror um I am disabled or when I'm going into a certain kitchen and I can't even reach the, the the fridge, I am disabled because I can't do it. I have to, I have to have um, a store or somebody has to help me. So um, I w- I wish people knew that there's more behind what you see. You know that that they need to see or research deeper on hidden disabilities because even though um, I'm I can walk and talk. I struggle with certain things, and you know, I think that people need to understand that. Now, even with um, my condition, there's certain there's certain things that I go through. So, for example, hearing loss that's a hidden disability you wouldn't know that but you're when you're saying to me I'm not disabled it's just it's very offensive to me so um Mm. even though I feel like I I'm invincible I want I want to show people I want to have fun and you know but I I feel like at the same time I go through x y and z as well Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you
0: start getting a big following and you put out a certain style of content and that, you know, you are a very upbeat, positive person, but that doesn't mean there isn't a struggle behind you know, your your brand or your your talents and what you're doing, just because you choose not to sort of wallow and, and live in self-pity, it doesn't mean it's not tough. And and it's interesting seeing like, you know, today, today you present as a creative, you know, you're very creative, you're very self-driven, but you are academic. You We talked about, you know, you have a degree. What did you actually study? What was your degree? I studied
1: in? accounting and finance. I studied that. Oh my from, God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I studied that in A-levels yeah. and then I continued working um doing that as a bachelor's degree and um, to be honest with you I only did that because of my family um mm-hmm. it's quite there's a lot of pressure I know it's not just African households but you know um, Asian households where it's so important to have a degree behind you mm-hmm. and you know if you're not an accountant or lawyer or a doctor is, like, not seen as a proper degree. So I felt like, well, I like numbers, so why not? And I'm not using that degree today. I'm only really using it to count my money. That's about it. <laughs> That's useful.
0: That's, <laughs> That's useful. To do your tax return, Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. So... It's
0: interesting you touch on your parents um, there, because I was wondering, you know, when you were younger, did they fully understand about your condition? And and did you, because I suppose you get your
1: education from your parents. Um, They didn't understand it whatsoever, not in a bad way, but because they were learning with me, it was like, you know, I'm learning about my condition with parents that are average height and have no idea what it's like. You know, I loved them to bits and they gave me everything that I needed. So they gave me love. They gave me attention. But the education behind actual disability, I had to learn that myself. So when your mum was pregnant, I mean, I don't know if you know this information,
0: but was it something she was made aware of in a scan or is that not something that's possible? So
1: how my mum found out is um, when she was six months pregnant, they noticed that... um, I wasn't growing as much, or growing the normal rate a baby should. And they did scans, and they told her, you know, your kid could either have Down syndrome or dwarfism. And for me, two very different things. I know. Like, and they gave her yeah. the option to, you know, if if they if she wanted to abort me or not. And she said to to them, you know, I'm I'm gonna basically ride this out. You know, uh, I'm already six months. I'm going to love my child no matter what condition they have. You know, I always think about that and I think, wow, my mum's so strong. And it's, it's very revealing about your relationship with her that she was able to tell
0: you that story. You know, that must have been a big thing for her to, to, to tell you that story. And it
1: sort of suggests to me that you have a very close relationship. Yeah, me and my mum we're besties. You know, I love her to bits. She's hilarious. To be honest with you, she's the real comedian, not me. She <laughs> she's the funny one. That's where You just plagiarized yeah, her exa- stuff. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so she's she's literally the real comedian. She's makes me laugh every single day. Yeah, me and her like this besties Mm. so i'm thinking about teenage you and i'm thinking well actually
0: at 24 teenage you wasn't so long ago you know um and when as women when we go through those teen years you know we're growing up all these different things are happening to our body our hormones and there's a big part of us where we're finding out who we are you know identity um how we sort of express ourselves our, our style our fashion just all all that shit goes down in in those years um and we start dating you know we start meet and we we widen our net we start meeting new people was your experience an average run of the mill experience because i know you talked about
1: being a confident person and uni being a good experience or was it completely different for me at the time i felt like everyone was living it up and i was just in my cocoon and for me every time i'll talk to somebody it was like a fetish thing you know it was like uh, mm-hmm. Boys were trying to tick off a bucket list, you know? Yeah. And it really felt, it really dampened my confidence because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I was just an object in this world, you know? And, you know, it just made me feel really uncomfortable to even talk to boys after a while because it was always the same thing, you know? So, because when you're dating, you actually find out what you like, what you don't like in a guy and this and that. I didn't yeah. have any of that those experiences because guys didn't even date me. They wanted to just, you know, have a quick thing and, and leave. So um, now that I've been like a proper committed relationship, it, it's really opened my eyes to what I've missed, if that makes sense. So I'm kind of glad mm. that I've got that now and before, instead of instead of getting it from the wrong person if that makes sense I'm glad I just Mm -hmm. identified okay go away leave me alone I don't want to talk to you if you're going to talk to me like that you know
0: yeah I think it's interesting you raise that because I think lots of people listening might not necessarily be directly affected by the things that you're talking about but I think lots of people have experienced um making unhealthy choices, making toxic choices when something destroys your self-esteem, even when you know something's not good for you and people don't deserve you, you kind of lower your standards because you, you want that love, you want that affection, even though deep down, you know, that's not the way to get it or to experience it. It's, it's It's really, 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 really tough. Um, you know, like I said, you, you are sometimes serious in your content as well. Um, and there's a video of you online where, you know, you're very honest and you talk about um, where there was a point where you didn't want to leave the house. Um, and again, that's a that's a big thing to share with people. It's a, it's a private thing to share with people. But when you can do that, it does help lots of people because, you yeah, know, lots of people maybe are in that position now or or, or have been. Why did you feel like you didn't want to leave the house? Um And what was that time like for you? Because obviously you must have been a very different person to who you are now. Um,
1: I just felt as though I had enough of people looking at me and, you know, making fun out of me. And, like, I just felt like, oh, my God, every single time I go out, somebody is looking at me. Why? Why am I living in a world like this? And, you know, and, and I'm sure people now are relating to me, but I think it's one of those things you have to work through. I felt like... At the time when I didn't want to leave the house, my my home was my safe haven. That's where no one is going to hurt me, you know. Because at the time, there was one time. This these group of men that I was walking past them, and this happens often. Like a group, when people are in um, groups, they have this confidence boost for some reason, and uh-huh. they just laugh in your face. And I just I feel like that just, that was like the last straw, and I just I just didn't feel. Confident to go out at all, and I felt like if I go out again and somebody does it to me again, like w- what else am I gonna do? You know, I don't. I didn't want to have um, suicide thoughts and things like that. So I just thought staying in my home is the safe, safest thing to do. But I'm glad I got out of it. Um, I'm glad I've got this invisible shield now because these those things still happen to me, but. So you are still bullied as an adult by adults? I'm still bullied. but um, Mm. So when I started going Mm. out again, I had to realise that my condition is not going to change and people's reactions are not going to change. But the way I feel inside about myself, I can change that. Now I reply back to people and I give people dirty looks. I give the energy that you're giving to me. You know, if you're staring at me, Mm. I'll stare at you back. Because that story
0: is so powerful because you're basically saying someone's way of like showing off in front of their mates and bravado and like what, you know, their version of comedy, you know, because they've got nothing else in the locker. That passing comment or that laugh could leave somebody, it could be the straw that breaks the camel's back for that person and leaves them a prisoner in their own home. That is how powerful your discrimination and actions can be. You could imprison somebody today by doing that to them. And I just don't think people think about that. And it's like, you know, when I look at your account and stuff and, and and other people who've got similar messages to you, part of me is like this is brilliant, but then part of me is like but the people that follow her aren't the people that need to be seeing this content because the people that follow you already are they've got to be of certain intelligence, you know. They've got to be um they can't really be narrow-minded people. So that that's also kind of a difficult thing, isn't it? Because you need the other people to sort of follow you. So how, as as an educator, or as an activist, how do you capture those people
1: that traditionally wouldn't follow you? Online? I think, because you've made a good point. That's a great point. I feel like when, because I went on the news a few years ago, when I'm doing mainstream TV stuff, even though I might get backlash or hate or whatever, at least they're seeing me. At least they know mm. that Dwarfism is out there. They make I'm, I'm giving awareness. So I think it's when I do more mainstream TV, things like that, that's when I'm being a proper activist, even if I'm not even um, mm. actively doing it, I'm passively doing it. And the more I'm seen, then um, it will get better for not just me, the next generation of uh, little people. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think you're right. I think passive creates more change because creating all this content to your followers who are already interested in your life, you know, you don't, I mean, I mean, the trolling people get usually is when people don't know who they are, don't know their story, and they go on the news. And it's people that don't follow them that come onto Twitter and say it. It's not usually your regular followers that every day want to know what you ate, what you're reading, where you're going today, because they're invested in your message and, and wanting to understand or, or be part of it. Um, I did wonder, actually, when I was thinking about the, the comedy side and you talking about coming to comedy only in the last sort of two years, you do channel and bring comedy to your disability on your platform. Is that because it's easier to express yourself that way or is it easier to widen
1: the message that way and get people to engage? For me, I've always... Not laughed at my disability, but I've always made light of it because in certain situations it's funny. You know, if I can't, if if I'm like struggling to read something, and sometimes sometimes my mum would forget that I'm little, and not just my mum, friends or whoever I'm with, they because I'm just me, they just instantly forget. So I they would say, oh, could you could you get some more? Oh, could you get that? And I'll be like, um can I reach that? Can I? No. <laughs> but
0: that's quite powerful. They don't see that yeah, in you yeah. do think? That's like, they only see you who yeah. they know.
1: It, de- yeah. it definitely is powerful for sure. Because, you know, at the same time, I'm like, um, I'm going to need some help here. Oh, oh, sorry, Fats, I forgot you. <laughs> I forgot you're little. So, um, yeah. there's comedy in that. I don't know. I just make light of certain situations because that's what my mum does. That's, how i get through life because if i take everything so seriously i i don't know i don't think i'll be here but
0: um and i think that's that's what i love about your message it's not patronizing it's not saying like oh if you're listening and you've got a disability just go out just integrate life will be amazing you'll be confident you're not saying that you're being very realist about it um and you know this comment you you've said it today in the pod about you you can't change people's comments they it's a fact of life they'll be there but you can change how you feel inside and that that's the kind of pinnacle moment you know it's it's almost not waiting for that change in society it is being it it feels very powerful for me. If, if it, I feel like you're a very powerful woman, you know, and actually, you know, it, I don't want to be like cheesy and be like your uniqueness is what makes you powerful. But it, but is it becoming powerful to be different? And how can we tell people about that more? How can they embrace? Because you you've got this. You're the X factor. Does that make sense? You know that you know it. You understand it. But some people might be like, well, how can I do that? I don't
1: understand. You know, if you realize that what people say about you is a reflection of themselves you know That literally what people Mm -hmm. say about you is nothing to do with you you have to move on in your life and how and how you want to and, and how you want to move I wanted to do modeling at first and I did it and I didn't think twice about oh how's that this gonna how's this person gonna feel about this how's that person gonna feel about that okay Yes, you might have those feelings or thoughts, but you need to literally feel the fear and do it anyway. I heard that quote like many years ago and it's always stuck with me because at first I was always anxious about doing new things and facing my fears. And now I feel excited when when I'm able to do those Mm. sorts of things. I actually feel excited, like, oh, I'm going to be talking in front of a crowd. Oh, I'm going to be doing this podcast. Okay, I'm excited, you know? So, but at at first, you're going to feel the fear and just feel like, I can't do it and create so many reasons why you can't do it. But there's many more reasons why you should. Your difference is literally what makes you unique, beautiful. Um, I just think it's so important that people that are unique embrace their uniqueness and difference you know i i i'm a big advocate for that and um not hide away because everyone's got something to offer and somebody can always learn from what you have experienced and what you've done in life Mm. and you have the energy it's weird because we're not
0: together in person right now you we know we're on a laptop together but you have the energy i feel your energy um and that's that's approachable and it's attractive like when someone has that energy you want a piece of it you want to be you want to be part of it so so with this these good vibes and with this excitement that you that you kind of talk about and you express it your face expresses it you when you communicate with me your facial expressions i really believe in what you're saying what is next for you? Because you are you are mainstream. I'm seeing you in mainstream things now all the time. So what,
1: what do you think is next What's for you? What's next for me? I, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm more mainstream, but I want to be more mainstream. I want to be, you know, it, it sounds crazy or cheesy, but hopefully in two years or three years time, we can look back and say, oh, she said she was going to do this and she's done it. I want people to know that, Yes, Fatima Timbo has dwarfism, but she's X, Y and Z, you know, I've learned this and that from her, you know, I want to, I want to be able to write a book, you know, uh, especially a self help book, that would be absolutely amazing so that I can help others, I can guide people on how to be more confident in themselves. I'm I'm going to
0: watch this space because I I definitely you know I really believe in you I really when you speak I really feel like it's very authentic I feel like there's something within you that wants to make a change that wants to educate people but there's also this fun in you do you know what I mean like there's this like this fun spirit in you as well and there's this kind of beautiful side to you um and I really feel connected to it and I and I really hope that people continue connecting with you um just like the title of the podcast says, I, I do feel like you're a very extraordinary person. Um, you're very different in so many ways. And and I find that so attractive. So please keep doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm excited now. I'm
1: like on your energy thank vibe. Thank you, Katie. That means honestly so much because I've watched all your documentaries. And when I mean all of them, I've watched all of them. And honestly, you're such a big inspiration to me. And I just, oh, I feel like you. you've impacted so many people's lives and you're literally one of the people that have done that to me because I've felt I've, I've li- yeah oh, yeah really? literally when I'm watching your documentaries and I've seen what you've gone through and you and looked at the person that you are now I'm just like I want to be like her you know <laughs> so so yeah you're just <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you you're amazing and it means so so much you saying all of that ah well I'm
0: so glad we kind of got to meet and hopefully we do get to meet in real life one day you know I just um find you absolutely incredible and I just want big 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 things
1: for you so thank you so much for your time and coming on thank you for having me it's been absolutely amazing and actually refreshing it almost feels like a therapy session but um (laughs)
0: oh really that's good (laughs) okay I should invoice you at the end of
1: this (laughs) who was the therapist though and who was the client (laughs) you no you're the therapist and I'm the client Even though I'm talking positive, I'm helping (laughs) others as well. So it's great.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please follow where you get your podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show or share on your socials.